this this recording is brought to you by Cotton. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And I wanna I wanna throw out a quick diss. Uh, oh. To to open it up, yeah. Let's do it. Uh, let's see. Pocket sand thrower. <laughs> on, oh no. On Twitter. Oh no. On Twitter. Here we go. <laughs> Listen, man. Listen, you don't know you don't know what you're messing with. All right. I've I, I've got uh, it, it's just like in Braveheart, dude. I, I got I got the whole cotton army assembled, and we have a couple of sand people, just like they had some some Irishmen, you know. And and we're we're gonna take you out, dude. That that's that's a simple. <laughs> We're gonna take you out. It's not gonna be pretty, but you know things worth doing aren't always easy. And that—that's that, what I gotta say about that. And oh, well, I'm gonna be dropping some cotton facts throughout the podcast. Is that all right? Oh, that's great, man. I love it. <laughs> Did you know that cotton um, dates back to over t- uh, two thousand years ago? Yeah. Well, I did, but that's that's very interesting. I'm not sure that you know, I'm not 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 as many not as many people out there are as woke as as John. I'm but, a big cotton fan. Yeah, dates back to uh, 500 BC in Peru. So, Peru, ancient seed, you know. What? How old is pocket sand? Uh, King of the Hill. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna wager. I'm gonna wager not that long ago. <laughs> how how old are pockets? That's the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Loincloth sand. Loincloth. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we're not gonna touch that one. That... <laughs> yeah. Love it. So, so welcome our... to the Dissecting Liberty podcast. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Liberty boys. Liberty boys. <laughs> Hot boys for liberty, unlike pocket fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Yeah, That's we great. got Sean I'm... versus the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah, take, I just, I fight everyone at all times, so. <laughs> Even if I like and love you, I'm still, you know, kind of, kind of against you at the same time, so. Well, that's good. I, it's good. It's good to be skeptical. Yeah. Yeah. Don't trust anyone is my philosophy, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sean, I think that one of the first uh, times that I really saw something that you tweeted was when you were talking about uh, blocking thoughts on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a fun, and that I was can't, a fun I week. Can't, I can't remember whether like that like push me to like follow your account or whether I'd already followed it, but I was like, yeah, this guy's solid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh, you know, it kind of started as like a joke. Um, it was kind of half like me just kind of being like kind of fed up with being like disappointed and like people I used to like respect, like, you know, it's just who I think of as like intelligent, smart, liberty minded people. And it just seems like in the last like few months, the gross meter has turned up. <laughs> the yeah. thirsty, oh, yeah. the thirsty meter. You know, the thirst is 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 real these days. <laughs> and uh, I just came. I don't know if I'm like aware of it for the first time or if it, like the dial actually has been turned up. But I kind of started as like half a joke, but also half of like I just don't want these hoes on my timeline, and I also don't want to be like disappointed in seeing all my you know my Liberty Boys being uh 
weak and cowardly and gross. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like kind sure. of I mean I was actually going through and blocking them all, but I was also just kind of making jokes along the way about it. Well, I I, I did some ironic thirst posting recently. <laughs> and I, don't, I don't think you saw it, but uh, I uh Quote, unquote, air quote, ironic, air quote. Uh, No, absolutely, man. I I agree with you. It was research. Yeah, yeah, it was for science. uh, I I, I 100% agree with you, but I tweeted the other day, I said Ben Shapiro's sister could uh, uh, domesticate me. Oh, yeah. And and, and that leads me into my, my first question. Did you block Cassie Dillon? Um, no, no, because I wanted to keep, uh, trolling her. Uh-huh. <laughs> Are you, you're, I, I assume you're aware of my running beef with her. Well, I do. I, I don't know if, if Liberty <laughs> Zero does. No, I haven't seen this. Yeah. I mean, I made one silly, I mean, she made a silly meme, like mocking the, uh, Groypers, those little Pepe yeah. frog nationalist boy guys or whatever. Uh, the, like the Nick Fuentes fan people. And, yeah. you know, she just made, like, a silly meme about mocking them, and I just saw it, and I was like, well, I'll just make a silly meme mocking her back. And then I was the one who got, like, banned. Like, that was actually the first strike on my account. Yeah. And so oh. it was <laughs> – I barely even knew who she was, to be honest, but it just made me so, like, are you really, like, that petty where, like, you're going to ban people, or, you know, go out and silence people for doing exactly what you're doing, you know? Yeah. So then it just kind of started, like, a couple-week-long uh, meme war of a party of one <laughs> I mean, this is a beef that only i was cooking you know what i mean i don't know if she if she's really aware of who i was but uh yeah it was it was a funny couple weeks there of mocking cassie dillon relentlessly <laughs> yeah we, we, we don't know about one-sided meme wars at all so yeah. <laughs> let me tell you the beef was cooking but only one side you know it's like <laughs> it was like one side raw of <laughs> the steak was half raw time to flip side. that over <laughs> yeah, he just refused to flip it over you know definitely a one-sided beef but uh yeah it was funny for sure yeah, Reason uh, Magazine recently did a thing with Cassie Dillon, uh, which was kind of odd. Like, because uh, she's a freelance journalist, and uh, Cal- she lives in L.A., and California is about to pass some law that hurts freelance journalism or freelance freelancers in general. Um, <clears throat> and it was just kind of weird to see her and Reason based on her kind of neo-Connie politics. Is Reason still with that Gillespie guy? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Does he run it, or is he just kind of one of the more famous people? I think he's like the senior editor. Yeah. I mean, they always struck me as, you know, I'm not really a big follower of them, but I I just feel like like the articles always pop up, and I usually agree for the most part with what they're kind of arguing for, I guess, or against. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Cassie Dillon sucks, so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, they they are, uh. That that doesn't seem like it would uh, be a good pairing. They're, they're like a a left libertarian website, I would say, or maybe like a, a moderate kind of GOP, uh, libertarian or like paleoconservative, uh, (laughs) type thing. So, like, they, they do have good stuff. Um. Yeah. But like I'm, I'm looking at their uh, their uh, Wikipedia, and it says like one of the in the 70s and 80s, Rothbard, 
was a contributor. Um, oh, wow. And I know, I know, uh, <clears throat> yeah, Nick Gillespie is the editor in chief. And I know yeah. that like they, they did something recently with Tom Woods and Tom Woods has criticized them in the past. Um, oh, really? Yeah. But they do some good stuff. I'm not going to uh, to hate on them too much. But then they do weird stuff too. <laughs> like, because yeah. I mean, they're kind of left libertarian. Like, they're they're the Cato Institute type libertarian. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not really my my brand. Yeah. Yeah. I don't videos. know. Yeah. I'm always just kind of skeptical of everyone, <laughs> you know, yeah. obviously I, I, I'm versus the planet. Right. But uh, just in general, if you just kind of have like, you know, red and black or or uh, yellow and black in your banner or if you call yourself a libertarian publicly or an anarchist or whatever, I kind of just trust you more. Yeah. You know, like I'm always going to be questionable and skeptical of you. But like, I just kind of feel like if you're willing to call yourself like libertarian or liberty minded, you know, yeah. or, or even as far as like anarchist or voluntarist, like, I feel like you've done at least some critical thinking in your life, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. it is, it's like, I, I kind of, even if I'll like disagree, you know, like those memes where it's just, you know, six people punching each other and they all have libertarian under underneath them or on their shirts. <laughs> uh, I feel like, you know, at the end of the day, I can just kind of fairly find some decent common ground or at least respect that you've come you, you, you've thought critically about what you're talking about, even if I yeah. do disagree with you or I'm skeptical or whatever. But, um, yeah, it's just kind of my thought on it. So even like the people who like, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm very against abortion, you know, but yeah. a lot of libertarians are pro, you know, pro choice or pro whatever. I don't know if they call themselves pro abortion, but, um, you know, it's like, if you're a libertarian arguing from that standpoint, I at least know you're coming from it intelligently you know, it's yeah. not just red team, blue team, or, you know, ignorant religious mind or, you know, ignorant atheist. You know, it's like, I feel like you've done some thought about the subject, even if we do disagree. Yeah. You're not going to say my clump of cells. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just a tweet, like you know, policy platform from one of the political parties, you know. Yeah, yeah. The other day you did like a, a serious tweet about the thirstiness of uh, people on Liberty Twitter. And, uh, and I commented something about the Mises Institute because I can't tell you, I, I've met quite a few people <clears throat> from the Mises Institute. And then I know people really close to me that, that I, I really value their opinion that have met like Tom Woods and Bob Murphy and, oh, yeah. and, and uh, really high ups at the Mises Institute. Um, a couple of them actually were really close to Ron Paul and his campaign wow. and all that stuff. And I can't tell you, uh, and I, I've personally met Jeff Dice, the uh, the head of the Mises Institute, and they are just the the best people. They're so right. stand up, and uh, I guess, for lack of a better word, moral. Yeah. Uh, that they, they are just the 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 best group of people. I mean, you walk into the room, and it, it's like, uh, man, it's, it's kind of like walking into the Andy Griffith show. <laughs> all really? these people it, it's it's kind it's it's weird it's i don't it's know very... i think tom i think tom woods has a little bit of a wild side to him you don't think oh absolutely you know? 
don't think Absolutely. like Ron Ron Paul, you know, goes to strip clubs every once in a while or anything? No, <laughs> just, just me. <laughs> I doubt it. I, I, I honestly cannot imagine Ron Paul doing that. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think most I think most are just smart people, and smart people tend to avoid, you know, just being like generally degenerate <laughs> or you know, yeah. kind of like lust pleasure people or whatever but um you know i've been giving this a lot of thought lately because obviously it's on my mind i've been tweeting about it and getting in trouble over it and stuff but uh i think my conspiracy minded brain is telling me that i think libertarians are gaining influence overall if you look at like the last 10 years i mean it starts with ron paul and it's just kind of you know the more people are being disgruntled and upset with the major two political parties they're looking for a third party and i think libertarianism is kind of the one that sticks out and it attracts smart people and revolutionary minded people like people who will take action when the when the when the fire burns hot enough you know and i think the smart play from the government would be to almost like double down on promoting like drugs and sex because those things tend to make people like a little more docile and a little more like um easily manipulated so to me, it would make sense that like libertarian-minded people would be bombarded with like sex and drugs, and I think that's kind of taken hold. Not everyone, obviously, not like thought leaders, but I just think like you know, just people like our friends who are just kind of dudes hanging out online. You know, it's like I think they really have blasted us with propaganda that is drugs and out drugs and sex. You know. Yeah, I think that you have a point there, uh, just because. I know that a lot of libertarians, when you exist in a world where no one really wants to listen to what you have to say, you, you kind of get this attitude of like, oh, well, nothing really matters. <laughs> and, well, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and you just kind of get a careless attitude about about everything, you know. And I, yeah. I've just seen that happen. And so, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, and it's a culture-wide thing, too. Like uh, today, I was talking to somebody on Twitter about the APA, the American Psychological Association, and they control everything in psychology. Psychology is still a bit decentralized, which is good, but, you know, they put out the DSM, which is, you know, how you diagnose various disorders, and but the APA is largely just a political organization, like recently, and, and that might be like in the past three years, they did a thing uh, talking about like how to treat toxic masculinity. And <laughs> it, 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 was a, it was a whole thing and they were completely serious. And uh, I remember at the time, uh, like the biggest critic of it was Jordan Peterson. And he, he got he brought a lot of attention to it. And that was good. Um, yeah. But and, and but they push that stuff like uh, uh, at Dogma Respector on Twitter has a theory. I don't know if this might be a joke, but I, I think it's true. He has a theory that uh, they, whoever that is, is going <laughs> to oh, yeah. start start pushing like polyamory uh, down people's throats. That's going to be like the next thing to like break up. Uh, traditional values you know whether it be the, yeah. the household or whatever and well it's I, like I, I completely agree well it's like you saw that article like what was it 
a month ago maybe where uh someone was covering the uh this woman who had four boyfriends yeah and they all lived <laughs> together <laughs> oh no <laughs> yeah and you then mean, she got you mean four pregnant. girlfriends <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly and, and then she got pregnant that video is like funny, uh-huh. but like a sad funny, because she's like the the, the uh, journalist, quote unquote journalist, asks, you know, who's the father, and she's like, oh, you know, Jason is the father, but uh, we're all gonna raise this this baby equally, and it 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 pans to each of the guys that isn't the father, or no, and the father, and they just have like the most defeated. <laughs> sad looks on their face and this oh, and this no. this woman you know like uh dyed hair you know the typical what, what you can imagine like short dyed hair what, what you, you purple I'm, or blue was it purple or blue <laughs> i think it was pink i think yeah or maybe oh, red extra rebellious yeah yeah and, and she's just so happy you know all, the, all these guys are just like it's funny but it's sad because it's it's yeah. so sad yeah, it's a sign of the times, I think. They, um, I think it's. I think the government. It, it would be smart for the government to break up the family unit, right? It makes people more controllable. I think when you have those nuclear families and strong family units, um, people can resist and have motivation to resist unjust orders. And so I think yeah. it's kind of in government's interest to make sure that men are weak, families aren't really forming, you know, population control by just. You know, not having to like get, do a genocide, you can just kind of not have the population increase. You can have, you know, one woman and five guys having one baby yeah. instead yeah. of one man and one woman having seven or eight babies, you know. Well, and yeah. It's yeah, that, just easier to control people that way. Yeah, that, that's they, they try to get rid of foundational institutions like the, the family unit or church or, or community yeah. groups or service groups like uh, Kiwanis or rotary stuff like that um and and the the good thing the quote unquote good thing about the communists (laughs) all right that's the only time you're ever going to hear me say that cotton Cotton, what are you doing oh no (laughs) No, you'll you'll understand the good thing about them is they were honest about it like in, in the communist manifesto uh marx expressly says he wants to get rid of the uh family union yeah well, so, and I mean, replace, replace religion with the state, right? Exactly. So yeah. at least, at least you know their their intentions instead of like our politicians that you know talk out of their ass and and uh, <laughs> yeah. do the exact opposite of what comes out of their ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Definitely. I mean, I I, yeah, I think it's I, this is just my opinion. I don't really have a lot of research to back it up, but I just see weak men. You know, I'm looking around society. I'm looking at peers. I'm looking at even the boomers. You know, the whole boomer yeah. meme, I think, is just I feel like we've been bombarded with propaganda to just make men weak and, you know, unwilling to fight back or stand up for what's right and put their feet down and stand strong for what they believe in. And I think that's organized and planned. I think that's, uh, um, you know, just a str- like a strategy of the government to maintain control. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think the results are apparent <laughs> these days. <laughs> I think it's just kind of obviously apparent when you're walking down the street and you see, you know, three dudes and one girl dating and they're all dyeing their hair and, you know, changing their sexes and stuff like that. And 
you know, everyone's not having kids. Um, I think the results are becoming pretty apparent, but I also think everyone's waking up to that reality, either directly or indirectly and starting to make some changes. So I'm actually kind of optimistic for the future. I think people are going to, you know, rise up and be a little more rebellious against the status quo and kind of get back their manhood, (laughs) be strong and confident again sometime soon. I hope so. I mean, I think that Virginia rally was a good example of that. You know, I think it was a bunch of dudes being dudes out there, you know, just kind of like standing up for what they believe in and, you know, getting their weapons and just not taking any shit from from the man, you know, (laughs) getting together, just, you know, dudes, dudes being dudes with big guns and having a fun time and also sending a very strong message that, you know, we're here and we're not cucked and we're not backing down. I think that's I I think that's just going to continue happening, too. Well, we're going to see more about that because they passed uh, the bill that the Virginia yeah. protesters were protesting against. So, and they've already, or a uh, a new rally is going around. Mm-hmm. They're they're organizing a, another rally, which at now everything about it will be illegal. You know, so yeah, we will. Well, see. thing I saw too is just uh, the sanctuary city. Yeah. One of those things where the liberals thought they were so smart a few years ago by making these sanctuary laws, and then now it's being used against them. You know, it's like, yeah. of course. <laughs> but I feel like that's real. I mean, how many of those sheriffs and police officers, are they just saying it, or are they really not going to be enforcing the laws? You know, like, what are what are, what are the sheriffs in these small counties in rural Virginia going to do? Obey the Constitution or some state law that everyone disagrees with? You know, I think I think they might be standing up and putting their foot down. I also saw a thing about West Virginia, apparently, was kind of advocating for counties in Virginia to secede from the state and join West Virginia. Yeah, that's a really interesting thing. There are some some counties that uh, during the Civil War didn't officially decide to secede or not. So uh, to join the Union, yeah, because it was, yeah, so... um, that is still open, an open option for them to join right. West Virginia. Yeah. So, I mean, that could, I mean, and if you start losing tax money, like if the oh, state yeah. of Virginia starts losing all those like tax money and, you know, just like control over, over their population and their laws, that could really uh, cause some problems, you know? I think no matter what, though, it'll be, the laws will be reversed in the next election cycle when every single Republican in that state gets out to vote (laughs) and drags their cousins and their moms with them, you know? I think the Democrats might have shot themselves in the foot. Um, No pun intended. (laughs) But (laughs) I don't know if they're going to win an election in that state, you know, in a fair fair and uh, democratic uh, manner anytime soon. It looks like Liberty Zero got dropped from the call. Oh no! Uh, I'm calling him now. Let's see. It says he's unavailable. Yeah, but I, I think we're gonna. I don't know. It, it's a scary thing. Uh, it, it got really scary now. Because uh, yeah. if they, if they, uh, if they try to do that rally again, it could go. It could turn into like a Hong Kong situation. Yeah, uh, I mean. But with guns, yeah, <laughs> not umbrellas yeah. and <laughs> batons, you know. Um, I don't know. I mean, I just think they're smarter than that. 
you know, I think they're just kind of pushing their luck and they're just going to keep the Democrats are going to keep pushing and inching closer to what they want until someone stands up and says, no, you know, I don't think the bullets will ever, well, not ever, but I don't think they want the bullets to fly because I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that Republicans would win <laughs> a firefight yeah. at this point in time, you know? Yeah. that That's the only reason there hasn't been any gunfire yeah. is because the Democrats know that a lot of police officers and servicemen of any kind lean right. Yeah. And they have all that's the good. guns, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, but if it, and, I, I, I forget who said this, uh, but somebody said, you know, if it weren't for that, things would have have would have gone south a lot sooner. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think it was key that they were talking about bringing in like the National Guard. Yeah, it's like that. They Democrats, they know that they need to get outside of the state people, you know, (laughs) they knew that, like, if they were to call in like people from the state, you know, just state patrols or whatever, that they would also agree with, you know, even if they were liberal, they would still take the side of their neighbor who was a Republican in that fight. Yeah, that's why the National Guard is probably a bad idea. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Well, because, I mean, you know, you, you got. Like, it, it was interesting. I'm, I'm in Louisiana, and uh, during Katrina, they called in the National Guard. And uh, even then, like, the National Guard was trying to help, but the people in New Orleans did not like them at all. Because, yeah. you know, you, you, you got all these people that are uh, staying in the Superdome because their house is underwater. And... Um, then you got these these National Guardsmen, people like people in their state that have cots and uh, ready availability to food. And uh, so even in a situation where they're trying to help, the National Guard can be looked at in a very negative manner. But then yeah. can you imagine can you imagine like, you know, uh, Bob has to go arrest his cousin because he has <laughs> yeah. an AR. I don't see that happening. Yeah, yeah, same, man. And just the general idea. I mean, I know right after Trump won, I feel like the rhetoric got, you know, cranked up to 11 for a year or two there. But there was a lot of talk about, like, yeah, I think liberals advocating for civil war or kind of predicting a civil war. And I feel like all the Republicans just laughed at it because it's like, you know, we know who would win that. Yeah. <laughs> not only just the amount of guns you know in the hands of people who are like quote-unquote republican or conservative minded people um who would be on whatever team red whatever team you want to call it yeah um you know it's not even just the amount of guns it's also just like intelligence of like knowing how to fight being strategic you know having supplies like being the farmers the people who are growing food and no distribution routes like truckers and stuff like that I mean, if a real war were to break out, the Republicans would win in overwhelming fashion. But the yeah. problem would be like a U.N. coming in or like the National Guard or the National Army coming in where they wouldn't really sympathize with the local population. But, yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I just think it'd be really hard to grab the guns and start a, start a war with the Republicans in 2020. You know, <laughs> maybe in 2050 yeah. things will be different. But. I just think when you look at like an armed fight, like a civil war conflict that it seems like the Democrats want and Republicans don't, it seems like the Republicans would win very easily. So it was kind of confusing to me for a while. Yeah. 
Uh, and Virginia just seems like a smaller scale of that. Like that just that same, those same ideas and premises just on a very smaller scale than what you would be talking about with a national civil war. Yeah. <clears throat> well, you know, I mean, like the first shots of the Revolutionary War were uh, fired at uh, the Boston Massacre. So yeah. you, you have like a very small event. And that's even smaller than what's going on in Virginia. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Yeah, that was one little square, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one little meeting place. So, I mean, there, there's no telling. And I think the the Virginia, West Virginia thing is really interesting because if that were to happen, that might help normalize secession. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that yeah, is definitely. a very cool idea. Because I think that's that's the answer to a lot of these problems. You know, and secession, quote unquote, being illegal, technically it's not illegal. Like a a state can secede. Yeah. But, you know, we we know how uh, how well the government adheres to the Constitution. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, because I'm coming from I live in Tennessee now, but I'm coming from California where there's been talks of secession for a while. Yeah. And um. I know the process because I was kind of into it at first, like California becoming its own nation. You know, there's always stats where like if California were to become its own nation, it would be like the seventh largest economy in the world. And it would have like the fifth biggest military and all this stuff. But um, the reality is that like they would the state would have to vote to succeed, which would be really hard to do. I think it's like a 75 percent, like a three fourths majority of the state Congress would have to vote to approve. Which I don't know if you know California politics, but that would not happen ever yeah. for anything. <laughs> yeah. Even just to, you know, agree that the sky is blue. I don't know if you could get three fourths of the politicians there to agree on that. Um, but then after that, so say that did happen, they would send it to like the the federal level, like the, the National Congress. And I think either two thirds or three fourths of all of the states would have to approve. Yeah. So there is quite a difficult process of like seceding. Like you can't just be like, hey, like millions of people want to leave. So we're, we're out. Peace. You know, <laughs> it's kind yeah. of like this really crazy, almost nearly impossible legislative process. But uh, yeah, I don't I think the I think the better solution would be states seceding from each other. Like I think now California is talking about breaking up into like three states. Yeah. And um, I know like for a while, like there's been talks of like, almost redistributing populations like um, Washington, Oregon, and Northern California wanted to make a new state. I think it was like, I think it was like Southern Oregon and Northern California wanted to break apart from each state and make their own state. Yeah. Um, I know Southern Illinois, because Illinois is real weird where like the North half, like Chicago and the North half is really liberal. And then the Southern half, like Southern Illinois is super conservative. But the state yeah. always just votes blue because it's, you know, Chicago is such a big population. But if you really were to, like, divide the state in half, it really would turn into, like, basically two separate states. And I know yeah. there's just one of those things, like, it's just not really going to happen, but it probably should. Um, and I think that's probably the case in a lot of states. You know, I'm in Tennessee now. It feels like East and West Tennessee are almost like two different states. You know, they even say yeah, like, yeah. East Tennessee is like almost like West Virginia mountain people. And West Tennessee is much more like Mississippi. I mean, it's more like feels much more like the South, you know. So I feel like if you redistributed or kind of redivided the lines of all the states, it can probably make things a little 
easier and more peaceful and <laughs> less divisive. But I just think the process of actually doing it's, you know, so much more complicated and complex and, you know, too much money would be lost from people who have it. So one of those things yeah. that just won't really happen. Uh, I think we got Liberty Zero back. Right on. Got the laser eyes back. <laughs> Can you hear us? Or are you there? No. I guess not. No. While we wait for him, do you want do you want some cotton facts? Absolutely. <laughs> Let's do it, man. Did you know that most of the cotton grown is a variety called upland cotton? Well, of course. <laughs> it is uh, the average fiber length produced by upland cotton plants can be as long as 1.3 inches. It is still very good for producing yarns, but not quite as fine as the longer Egyptian or Sea Island cotton. A little fun facts for you. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's <laughs> it's like it's like the Trinity. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they're they're, 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 yeah, they're all they are all kind of the same but they're different but they're also the same you yeah. know what i mean and and they all interact with each other you know like there's there's one type of cotton that uh that is the the vehicle for professing the wonderfulness of cotton you know and then <laughs> and then and then there's another type of cotton oh man i'm i'm, I'm thinking hard back to <laughs> my, my my knowledge of the the holy trinity uh, there, there's another type of cotton that begat that that the word cotton and, and they're attached by their love for each other and then oh, wow. so on yeah. and so forth yeah that there's a lot of uh there's a lot of uh deep deep philosophical ideas inherent in cotton so i mean it's you know uh, I, I hope that I can uh, profess the truth of cotton, even <laughs> though it means that I, I have uh, devoted my life to the fabric. Uh, but you know that's 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 my sacrifice to try to help people. You know, yeah, the the, the cotton messiah has spoken. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, thirsty thirsty liberty boys. Um, Cotton is stronger when it is wet. That's right. Ladies. Always. <laughs> Hear that, ladies? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I mean, all these all these uh, little soy boys, like pocket sand throw, uh, just constantly complaining about, ooh, it's too hard to dry cotton. No, it's all wet. Blah, 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 blah. Man, come on. Dude. I mean, that's just... That's some nonsense right there. <laughs> like, of course, it gets wet and it gets, uh, it, it may be difficult to dry, but that just shows you the resilience of the fabric. That just shows you yeah. how strong it is. I mean, I mean, you, you can take polyester or whatever crap, you know, linen, <laughs> or nylon, or whatever junk, and, uh, if you're not going to throw it in the trash, you know, you can dry it, get it wet. It's super easy. That's because those other flat fabrics are flakes. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they I, just, de of course. I mean, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. They, they just switch between dry, wet, whatever. No problem. They don't have any standards. They don't have any uh, principles, you know, unlike, <laughs> unlike cotton that is, is truly 
a, a principled, uh, strong fabric. You there, Liberty Zero? I am, yeah. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I saw been, someone been... on someone on Twitter was talking hot mess about wool. Oh. I mean, if, man, if I could if I could punch someone through a phone, I would have. It was it was making me <laughs> making me hot, you know. <laughs> it was making me making me red in the face, so not a good way, you know. You know, it's it's they'll, they'll talk about wool, they'll talk about linen, they'll talk about nylon, whatever. It's all vehicles of degeneracy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cotton. Yeah. Is, I mean, think about it. You know, like what color is polyester? Right. There is no color. Cotton. It's pure. And I mean, you. you I, I think of cotton, and I just think of like rays of sunshine going through clouds, <laughs> and it's just, it's just the perfect fabric. What do you want me to say? It leaves me speechless. You know, I, I gotta, <laughs> I'll be right back. I gotta wipe the tear out of my eyes. Just... Man, I'm so glad that I got to hop in right at this point in the conversation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Didn't you want to miss this. You missed us talking about Virginia and secession, and then you get back for the the good stuff, not that yeah, you know you... boring nonsense. <laughs> you get back just in time for what's important, you know. As solutions. <laughs> yeah, who cares? You know. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but you said like the the states kind of rearranging, like fixing a lot of problems. I'm not I'm not incredibly that might be like a good uh method to hold off something that might happen, like the the country balkanizing or just breaking up. Yeah, um, the big igloo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, or are we trying to hold off the big igloo again? What? <laughs> <laughs> trying to calm down the boogie boys. The boogie boys. I don't think that's going to happen. They're too hopped up on uh, amphetamines <laughs> and craft yeah. mac and cheese and uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe asbestos. Hawaiian, in Hawaiian dad shirts. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Hopefully made out of cotton. <laughs> well, I certainly hope so. I, I want to be their ally, but you know, some things are just some things are just crossing the line. Uh, has anybody made uh, like Hawaiian Crocs? Ooh. Um, if not, we should. <laughs> yeah, we uh... we could market that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that would that would sell. It would sell. Like the uh, official Boogaloo foot gear. <laughs> okay. Let's see. I'm trying to see if anybody's done this. I do know that I, you got y'all saw the uh, Hawaiian helmet, right? I might have. No, I mean, I've just kind of seen a lot of the, um, you know, anything that's like camo, like any gear that's camo just being replaced with like those Hawaiian flowers and like, you know, the neon colors and stuff. Yeah. Well, that's what this is. They just put a floral pattern on a, <laughs> yeah. on a helmet. And then, uh, and then Palmetto State Armory has an AK with the, oh, like they're nice. literally selling an AK with that floral pattern. It's awesome. That's sick. 
Yeah, I always wanted my friend um, in California had a very not legal firearm. Uh. <laughs> Those are the best. <laughs> well, it, well, it was California, so it was like a BB gun or something. Yeah, it was a, you know, just a shotgun, but he uh, like kind of jerry-rigged it and didn't register it. and um, But he like painted it to look like a Nerf gun. Yeah. But it was a very real, <laughs> you know, it was like a pump action shotgun. <laughs> nice. But I've always wanted that. Like I always was like, like just like kind of infatuated with like just uh, painting my painting my weapons. But uh, I haven't. I have not been smart enough to do that. But I could see I could see getting like a little Hawaiian floral pattern. You know, a little like turquoise blue and uh, neon orange <laughs> with some flowers on it. Oh yeah. Well, I'm well, sure it's, it's, it's really not. Go ahead. It's really not that hard to uh, to paint unless maybe you're wanting to do like a Duracoat or a Cerakote. But I mean, I've taken a 22 uh, rifle of mine and just spray painted it. And, <laughs> dude, it, it looks I like it, you know, just like graffiti wall paint. You just like take it. <laughs> Heck yeah. You know, <laughs> not a care in the world. Just start just start painting. Yeah, I might have to. I'm looking at getting new new firearms here. I uh, don't know what yet, but uh, I'm thinking AK. Oh well, you can't go wrong with an AK. Oh well. <laughs> I'm, in I'm in Tennessee now, so the laws are a little more uh, free in, nice. <laughs> in that regard, at least for now. Uh, I think Tennessee though is one of those states. I think Texas is kind of dealing with it, where um, a lot of liberals are moving here. Mm. And so it's going to be like you're going to see the laws kind of changing pretty pretty quickly, being more on the uh, anti freedom side. Yeah, I think Texas is going to be the big one. That seems to be um, it almost seems to be like an objective of the Democratic Party, you know, because if you can no. flip that uh, electoral college vote, you know, you can almost guarantee your elections. Don't don't say that. That's where I live, man. <laughs> I know, well, yeah, that's, that's why I was bringing it up because it's like I think you have firsthand experience and knowledge of it, right? Yeah, I I'm not saying I Austin. want it to happen. Obviously, I'm just saying that's kind of what it seems to be happening, and it seems like it's almost like strategically being implemented. Oh yeah, for sure. No, Texas is definitely going to go blue in the next ten years. I would say. Yeah. If not uh, sooner. That's in the chat. <laughs> F in the chat for Texas. Yeah. I mean, Tennessee, too. I feel like everyone in – I'm in Nashville, and everyone seems to be complaining about – you know, the people I'm with are pretty – I mean, you know, my friends and the church I'm at and my job, everyone is very Christian and conservative and obviously votes red, <laughs> team red. But uh, they seem to be kind of, you know, grumbling and not really, like, complaining adamantly, but just kind of grumbling about how many liberals are moving to Nashville, you know, and really turning things blue really quickly. And I think the same is happening in Knoxville and Memphis, like the bigger cities. Everyone's moving to Tennessee because of the uh, tax laws. A lot of like corporations are moving here and bringing employees from other states. Yeah. Um, Nashville's just kind of like a tourist thing, so it attracts people just for like the music and the partying and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I think it's just one of those things where Tennessee was just always red, just <laughs> tried and true red every single county. And now it's really starting to turn blue very quickly. And 20, you know, 10, 20 years from now, it'll probably be a blue state. Yeah, I know. Uh, I've been to Nashville and it was a good time. I was really young, but 
I know uh, my parents went to Memphis maybe five years ago for, I forget why they went. They went for like a conference. And uh, Memphis has always just been horrible. It's a bad city. It's like, uh, it's like the, the Atlanta of Tennessee. <laughs> Oh, shots fired on Atlanta. <laughs> well, I mean, is that is that like a literally? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just tons of crime and not a not a good place to to raise your children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but I'm coming from California, where everything is really upside down. I mean, people there are really just brainwashed and mindless, um, just crazy in so many ways. And it seems like people here, even the quote unquote lefties, the quote unquote people who are voting blue seem to even just be a little more reasonable and rational. So even though I think the state's going to start turning blue, I think it's going to be a little more of a moderate shift. Um, But I don't know about Texas. Texas is... The difference between Tennessee is it's a lot of Americans moving there, yeah, and a lot of like religious Democrats moving here. But I think Texas is you know unique because it's people coming from other countries crossing the border there, and mm-hmm. drastically changing the laws. You know, dra- like the politicians are drastically changing their policy positions, and so I think Texas is dealing with it in a much more dramatic way than other red states. Like the more landlocked red states. Yeah. No, I think you're right about that. Well, I know here in Louisiana, we don't have to worry about that at all because nobody's moving. (laughs) No one wants to move there. Everyone is leaving. Wait, wait. What's Louisiana? (laughs) What is it? (laughs) Yeah, like, you keep talking about this place, but what is it? Louisiana (laughs) is a damn near (laughs) mythical place (laughs) where it is like a cross between Texas, Mississippi, and Arkansas in like the northern two-thirds of the state, and then the southern... The su- no, hey, hey, hey! That, that's where I grew up. It was great. Yuck! Ew. It was great. It just takes uh, the worst part from each state. Yeah. yeah. No. All right. Well, I'm not having any fun anymore. So. <laughs> but but then the 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 southern third of the state is the mythical part. Yeah. I mean. Like another I country. Mean, right? New Orleans can't be real. Be. <laughs> i've been there i'm going there soon it's yeah. it's just uh, it's 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 insane well, it's, what is um the reason i can give i can give louisiana a hard time right now is because you guys are currently national champions so i mean i feel like we have the right to you know like when alabama wins the national title it's like you just you get a you get a year to just kind of trash on alabama you know well, you get a trash on the state card you know, I, I crashed them nonetheless. <laughs> That's a bad example because yeah, Alabama constantly yeah. deserves trashing. But uh, you know, when Clemson wins, it's like, all right, we get to make fun of you know South Carolina for a year. Um, yeah. So this is just your year where you, yeah, you guys won, congratulations. But now everyone hates you until uh, the next state wins. I'm just gonna light my Joe Burrow candle. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So does that mean that we get to like trash the entire region of New England whenever the Patriots win the Super Bowl? Yes. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah, because there's no <laughs> other reason to trash that <laughs> corner of the state. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and now we get to according to Trump, we get to trash the entire state of Kansas now that Kansas City won the uh Super Bowl. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that tweet. Great hours. The great state of Kansas the now gets to be made fun of. <laughs> <laughs> Big brain hours, man. Good night. <laughs> Love it. But nobody is moving to Louisiana at all. And I mean, okay, you know, I'm from here. I love the state. It's home, but it sucks. Louisiana <laughs> really sucks. <laughs> and I mean, the, the politics are bad. The, uh, the uh, uh, education is horrible. The economy is horrible. You know, we're usually battling it out with uh, Mississippi for who has the most teen pregnancies <laughs> and, and the worst oh, education no. system. I think right now Louisiana is number one in worst education. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, represent. Uh, holla holla, number one, baby. <laughs> <laughs> National champions in more ways than one. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Take pride in both of those. Yeah. <laughs> To be no, fair, though, if, if we're talking about government school education, shouldn't you actually be taking pride in that? <laughs> Doesn't that feel no, a little more rebellious no. than uh, so, the rest of the states? So in, in my high school. <laughs> like, you guys aren't really letting the propaganda fill your brains as much as the other states are. That's yeah, kind of how I else. see and, and nothing else. That's the problem. You guys aren't being indoctrinated as well as the other 49 states are. So in, in my high school, we had a daycare for all the teen mothers in the school. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> also, also, there was a murder in the school. Oh, gosh. And the murderer was a guy I played football with. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so, like, yeah. I, I didn't really know him. Nobody really liked him. But, I mean, like, I'm the guy that, that sprained his ankle. You know, during the game, <laughs> I got I, I sleep with one eye open. And then there was another murder. It wasn't in the school, but it was between two high school students from my school. So, Louisiana, Sheesh. you got to get out, Cotton. What are you doing? <laughs> well, go, you, know, you got to get out. Go to anywhere that's not Kentucky, because we know Kentucky's worse. Yeah, screw but... <laughs> Kentucky. <man. laughs> you got to get out, man. <laughs> you know, and then and then. Pocket sand thrower is from not Kentucky, and I've heard a little bit about not Kentucky from him, and it doesn't sound that different than Kentucky. I'm gonna be honest. So, really? yeah. What uh, is not Kentucky? Is that just him being ashamed of living in that decrepit, horrible state? <laughs> no, he's not from Kentucky. He's from not Kentucky. So oh. it's just it's just a uh, I don't know some some junk nonsense polyester crap i don't know <laughs> it's it's yeah. just as mythic, mythical as southern louisiana yeah <laughs> yeah some yankee bullshit i'm sure except <laughs> except there's no good food and there's decent decent moonshine yeah i'll, I'll probably True. say that about not kentucky there's True, probably yeah. some decent moonshine 
Uh, but it probably has that crap Yankee food that they have in Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the thing about Louisiana. You're not going to find any better food in the country. Yeah. It's it's incredible. The food here is insane. So what's better, uh, like snake, like eating snake or eating uh, alligator? Alligator. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a trick to get me to admit that I have actually had both of those things. <laughs> have you not? I thought no, that was I like man, I thought that was required eating in the state. No, I've, I've, I've had a lot. More, I've had a lot more alligator than I've had snake. I've only eaten no. snake once. A lot more alligator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Listen, oh, yeah. good fried good fried eating. alligator is good. What about jerky? Have you had the gator jerky? No, I've never had gator jerky. Someone, I haven't had it, but someone was telling me it's actually pretty good. I bet. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure good. I've had gator jerky. <laughs> but it was like one of those like convenience store like little sticks, like a Slim Jim, you know, and it contains oh. like 2% Zero. <laughs> alligator. Zero. That, yeah, that was not yeah. gator. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to know what that was. Dude, the, problem was <laughs> the problem was he got that from Taco Bell, so there was a little bit of force in there, too. <laughs> It's uh, 98% soy. Congratulations. Yeah. 2% indigestion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to knock fried alligator. That is some good stuff. And I mean, I like, actually, I'm actually you, like, I want to try that now. No, it's good. I got, listen, go to, go to Mama's Bar and Grill in Natchitoches, Louisiana. They got some good fried alligator. Okay. Yep. Nakatish. Nakatish. All right. Nakatish. All right. Don't try to Tish. spell. That sounds like that that <laughs> name that name sounds like it could be in Louisiana or Afghanistan. <laughs> like that city name could be uh, in the Middle East or in the Deep South, uh, one or the other. Well, the way Cotton describes it, what's the difference? <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, listen. Northern Louisiana is very similar to East Texas. It's yeah. very similar. Like, there aren't very many swamps, a lot of pine. I mean, it, it looks... East Texas and Northern Louisiana are almost indistinguishable. East Texas is the only part of Texas I have not been to. So... Good. I need to. You, I need to. I need. Did you to, say you're from Austin? No, like, I, I live near Austin. Near Austin, okay. Yeah. What would you? Yeah. Is Austin just central Texas? Is that what you would say, or would you say like yeah. west? Yeah. No, it's definitely central. Central West Texas. There's no real big cities, right? Uh, I mean, you have a. Uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Amarillo. Yeah, yeah, Amarillo and. Uh, like El Paso, kind of, but that's more south, right? Yeah, that's more south. That's like along the border. Um, I'm trying to Lubbock. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. The foot, the college town, right? Right. Yeah, what about never... um? I was, was going to ask, do you have you ever been to San Antonio? Oh yeah, yeah. What do you think about all those crazy buildings that they have there? What's up with all those? Oh wait, which you have to be more specific. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what? I, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> now I watched like a conspiracy video about how the architecture of San Antonio is almost like unexplainable. 
how they have these giant like concrete buildings that are like almost like impossible to build and they just made them into like firehouses and stuff like that (laughs) i don't know is there something crazy about like the alamo and like all the buildings around the alamo and stuff are these really crazy expensive buildings and no one really has an explanation of like how or why they were built so intricately the aliens man yeah, it was almost like a theory of like, oh, is it like some secret Illuminati thing or some secret society thing or something like that? I mean, it doesn't take much for me to buy into that, but. No, I mean, I've walked around that area. Okay, but... obviously it's the lizard people, you know. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's a given, right? <laughs> what isn't? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't well, know. I've yeah. never been, but I just kind of heard – I watched YouTube videos about it, you know, since, like, I'm so ignorant about it. I don't know if you had any insight. No, I mean, I've walked around uh, that area around the Alamo, but, uh, I mean, I didn't notice anything, but I'm occasionally – I have been known to be unobservant, so okay. <laughs> maybe it That'll was happen. Uh, that'll happen with laser eyes. <laughs> oh, that's right. So, that's right. when your eyes are lasers shooting out of your body, yeah. There is a there is a cowboy hat store close to the Alamo, and it is very famous, right? It, it's a like everybody goes there. Like every president since I don't know, like FDR has gotten a cowboy hat there during their presidency, and it's like the only place. And and every person every time a celebrity gets a cowboy hat they take like a polaroid picture of them and put them up on their wall of fame or whatever <laughs> so it's like the only place you will see a picture of like george bush wearing a cowboy hat next to uh uh the pope wearing a cowboy hat <laughs> next to snoop dog wearing a cowboy hat. oh yeah well that's in san antonio because presidents don't visit dallas anymore oh Ouch. <laughs> shots really fired. <laughs> multiple shots fired. <laughs> yeah, multiple gunmen shooting multiple shots. That's right. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, too, too, too soon, man. Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> Come on. Have some respect. <laughs> but Texas is a really cool place. That is, uh, that is probably on my... Because I'm definitely going to move. Uh, yeah. Louisiana is a great place to visit. It's a great place to be from, but it's not a great place to live. Yeah, Love raise that. a family in <laughs> the worst educated state. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Texas is definitely on the top of the list as things are now. If yeah. things change, you know, then that will definitely change. But Texas is definitely up there. I've I've spent a lot of time in the state and I really like it. Do you see yourself as only living in the South? Most likely. Yeah. You're not going to move to like like Idaho or Colorado or Ohio oh, or anything? No. Man, I, I, I love Idaho. I went to Colorado recently and I really, really liked it. Um, but it's just kind of odd. The people are, I find them <laughs> just, yeah. just strange. You know, like when I'm in the South, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know how these people tick. You know, yeah. Uh, but the people in Colorado were incredibly nice. Uh, yeah. And I, what I really liked about Colorado, like Louisiana, is called sportsman's paradise. Okay, but it is incredibly hard to hunt here in Louisiana. 
Like, if you don't know somebody that has, like, a deer lease or some land that you can hunt on, you can't go hunting. In Colorado, in Colorado, you can, like, shoot three elk on public land. (laughs) You just go in your backyard and just... (laughs) Yeah, where where we were... Exactly, like, where we were staying, uh, there was this old retired Marine. He was, like, 98, and he was driving us around, showing us cool spots to hang out. And he drove us up this mountain to show us this, uh, this like, uh, this big field with a lot of wildflowers in it. It was very cool. And he was like, yeah, this one time, like, he, we, we were passing, like, a little opening in the woods. And it was down a slope. And he was like, oh, yeah, this one time I was driving up here. And it was middle of winter. And uh, I saw a huge elk down at the bottom of that hill. So I got my car rifle out and I just shot the elk. I drug it up the hill. (laughs) He must must have been like 67 at this point. And he's like, so I drug it up the hill and I, and I stuffed this giant elk in the SUV. (laughs) Hey, when men, when men used to be dudes, you know what I mean? Exactly. (laughs) Dudes used to be bros. I, I love how, I love how cotton is circling back from, when he was talking about earlier you know communism well i'll give them one thing and now he's advocating <laughs> public public land <laughs> well hey yeah. you know i mean you can't hunt on public land here in louisiana i mean and then the deer leases are incredibly expensive uh yeah. and i haven't investigated it but i can guess who's to blame for that <laughs> yeah but uh yeah. I mean, and, 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 but then the thing also is in Colorado, like you get, you have to get like a $5 license with no training and you can go hunting here in Louisiana. Like to go hunting, I, have to, I had to do a whole course for like big game for a big game license, like for, you know, to shoot squirrels or something, you pay 50 bucks at Academy, which is still crazy. Like that's not as much as the most expensive license in Colorado is to my knowledge. Really? Uh, but Louisiana is not, oh God. I mean, that's great. It's wonderful. Get some crawfish. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know in uh, Tennessee, they, they keep mentioning not to um, have, you know, relations with your lady friend in February. Because uh, nine months from now is deer hunting season. So, uh, <laughs> they keep <laughs> The joke was, you know, oh, take a girl out on Valentine's Day, but uh, make sure you don't go too far because deer hunting season is nine months away, you know. <laughs> Well, in a lot of in, in a lot of in a lot of small towns here in Louisiana, where I'm from, uh, in northern Louisiana, uh, the schools close the first <laughs> yeah, day yeah. of like deer season or squirrel hunting season or anything. They close because nobody's gonna show up. Like all the yeah. girls are gonna show up, and none of the guys are gonna show up. They're all out hunting. <laughs> yeah, half the girls also are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we've been recording for an hour. I suppose it's time to to wrap it up. Yeah, sweet. Why don't you Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you, Sean? Um, yeah. So you can find me on everywhere that's not Twitter, because um, I have been kicked off of Twitter officially. I have my personal account, um, but you can find me at S E A N V P L A N E T. That's Sean versus the planet on um, Instagram and Gab. I'm going to start giving Gab a shot. I don't know if you guys mess with that at all. 
You uh, white supremacy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, no, oh, look at the Nazi over here. I'm using gab. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you can just find my channel. More importantly, my, my podcast and my video streams. You can find me on um, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and BitChute. Kind of yeah. the best ways to find my actual content and stuff. Uh, but if you want to get memed or made fun of or have me on your side in a in a meme war, uh, hit me up on Instagram and Gab. And then and then all those links will be in the the show notes page for this episode. And that's going to be dissecting liberty slash whatever number episode this is. So yeah. All right, man. Definitely. It was good talking with you. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, man. It's awesome.